You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. For Panther fans who want to keep pounding. For the ones who want an inside look at the vault. This is Views from Midstream. Now. Here's your host, Lonzo Wrightsell and Rob Brown. So let's get into this game just a little bit, shall we, ladies and gentlemen? The Views for Ministry podcast is in your ear holes right this very second. Do us a favor, if you haven't already, make sure you are subscribed to the Views from Mint Street podcast. Available where major podcasts are found on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, Apple iTunes, or faux free on the Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. And make sure when you do get subscribed that you click the little alert bell as well so that every time we pop up a new episode, you won't miss a minute. Let's talk New Orleans and Carolina down in the Big Easy. Ladies and gentlemen, New Orleans with a one-game advantage at 7-9. and nine. The Panthers enter this one at 6-10. and 10. Uh, Very similar numbers in a lot of cases, top to bottom on the tail of the tape. Lonzo, NFL scoring, they are pretty much right next to each other in terms of scoring average. New Orleans, 22nd in the league, averaging 20.2 points per game. Carolina, averaging less than a full point more at 21. Opponent scoring average, so defense. New Orleans, shockingly, Actually, top half of the league, but just inside of it, 13th best defense in the league, according to scoring average, surrendering 20.9 points per game. Carolina's, courtesy of Tom Brady last week, has fallen to 22nd best in the league, surrendering 22.9 points per game, a full two points more than New Orleans in terms of offense per game. New Orleans averaging 33, uh, 335.6 yards overall per game. Good for 19th in the league. They are 19th in the league rushing the football with 115 yards per game. They are throwing 16th best in the league at just over 220.6 yards per game. On the flip side, total offense, Carolina remains well towards the bottom but have moved up a couple of spots up to 27th in the league, 312.7 yards. Rushing offense, 127.4, 12th best rushing offense in the league. They are also the 28th best passing offense at 185.3. But here is an interesting little note about that, Zoe. Since Samuel Darnold has taken over as the starting quarterback, so this goes only back to Sam Darnold's takeover. If you go back six weeks, week 12, when Sammy D took over, the top offense with the defense's uh, defensive adjusted value over average, that is to say, when you take into consideration the average of the defense you're against, adjust that and then take a baseline look, a median look at the average of the NFL. It's a statistic that evaluates a team's efficiency by comparing success on every single play to a league average based on situation and opponent. If you look at the DVOA, which is a stat that, for the most part, only the nerds really care about, but hey, the nerds run the world. The most efficient, pa- efficient, not explosive, 
efficient passing offense in the National Football League is the Carolina Panthers. Which, uh, you know, all we have done is preach all year long that they need to run the ball. The fact that they're leading, and I mean, that, that, that they're that efficient with passing and still losing, I might add, uh, points out that we were right. They still needed to run the ball, and they didn't. If you had that, that potent of a passing game along with a good running game consistently every single week, the Panthers would have won the South and would be uh, heading to the playoffs. The uh, the reality here is that you have Sam, to— Sam Darnold played pretty well, except for yes. last week with the, uh, with, with the turnovers. Over that six-week span, Darnold has completed 61.6% of his passes for exactly 1,100 yards, seven touchdowns, and just one interception. Also boasts a 105.4 passer rating, the second highest amongst all quarterbacks with at least 50 attempts so far this season. Does that make you want to keep him? It makes me not afraid to utilize him as a bridge quarterback. Do I think that Sam Darnold is a franchise quarterback? Do I think he's going to be up there with the Lamars and the Aarons and the Tommies? No, not at all. Do I think that Sam Darnold can carry you for a year if you build up everything else and create a situation where the team can carry the quarterback to success? Do I think you could have a Brad Johnson-esque run with Sam Darnold? Absolutely, I do. I think he's good enough that if you have a great run game, and this is where it's going to get interesting, because Deontay Foreman, especially if he has a big game in Week 18, Deontay Foreman is wanna is gonna want to get fat stacks, and frankly, whether he deserve it uh, deserves it or not is subjective. But he's gonna want to get paid top ten, top seven NFL running back money, right? This running back class coming into the draft is pretty good, and it's got a couple of bruisers, and it's got a couple of bruisers that are better pass catchers and pass blockers than Deontay Foreman. The one criticism that we have kind of avoided, and you would avoid it, on a team that when they win, runs the ball 45 times and throws at 17, you're not going to have your running back getting very involved in the pass game. Deontay Foreman is a very pedestrian pass catching running back, and he's actually not a good pass blocking running back at all. There are guys that are going to be in this draft class that can catch the ball out of the backfield, can pass block, and are also the big bruising back that you compare with Shuba Hubbard. So... Worst case scenario is you take a gamble, you find another one, a guy, or you keep Deontay Foreman, you have a very successful run game, and you allow Sam Darnold to come out and do what we have said we wanted him to do since week 12, be efficient, don't feel like you have to be a stud, I don't want you on any fantasy football sleeper sheets, I don't need you out there trying to make ESPN's top 10 at any point, just go throw the high percentage passes to the best ball players, and let's see what happens. I think he's good enough if you have that, a stout run game, and a good defense, that there's a very good chance that Sam Darnold could be good enough. Brad Johnson, good enough. And here's the thing, I, and I know he's looking at this, and I'm sure we'll talk about this eventually, him coming out of support of Steve Wilkes. So if Steve Wilkes is the coach, Sam Darnold is probably going to be the quarterback because out of all the quarterbacks that, that Wilkes started, yeah, there were three. I mean, it sounded like the, but still, it was three. It, surprisingly, Sam Darnold is the most consistent and has 
situationally looked the best. So um, if Wilkes stays, then Sam Darnold's your quarterback. Then you got to figure out where the Panthers are going to go with their draft pick, or unless they do what you said, and Sam Darnold becomes that uh, transitional quarterback, the guy who's just there until the new guy gets ready. I, I just I like I said I don't know that I'm quite ready to say Steve Wilkes will or won't that he would keep this guy he wouldn't keep that guy he wouldn't get rid of that guy I, I'm just I'm not quite ready and comfortable enough to say that uh, I would say that if you are looking at a situation where you don't have the ability to get a franchise quarterback this year without giving up a ton, Sam Darnold's fine. Sam Darnold's fine. And I think that number I just read for you about his efficiency, not explosiveness, not excellence, efficiency. If you don't have a Lamar, an Aaron, a Tom, a Mahomes, you want efficiency. And that's the number he is giving you. Let's look down some more of these numbers and finish up our conversation about this game. And then we can keep going with that discussion and a few other ones uh, coming up in the final segment of the pod. In terms of defense, the New Orleans Saints, as we mentioned, have the ninth best defense overall, giving up less than 322 yards per game. Carolina giving up over 353, 22nd ranked defense with about 32 yards of difference between. It's not as big of a gap as those numbers might lead you to believe. Rushing defense, New Orleans 21st in the league, Carolina, uh, Carol, Carolina, Carolina 19th. It is in the passing defense that is the difference. New Orleans has the third best passing defense and Marshawn Lattimore, the outstanding cornerback for New Orleans who has missed quite a few games, is back for this game. So they will have their stalwart back there. We cannot rely on throwing the ball this game. We cannot. You, 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 you got away with it a little, bit, a little bit against Tampa. Tampa's an average team at best on defense. Uh, good up front. Average team against the pass. New Orleans is one of the best three teams in the league against the pass. We have to run the football. Whether you're trying to win or not, if you even want a shot, you have to run the football. We are the 23rd best passing uh, rushing attack. The good news for us on that front, Lonzo, is that Alvin Kamara has not been the beast for the Saints that he has been in your past. Now, he pops off a big game every now and then. I think it was after we beat them back in week three that Kamara had a quote that I loved where he said, we got to get our swag back. And he came out the next week and put up like three touches and 110 yards. And then it's pretty much been a, a very average back ever since then. They have had a real problem running the ball. Speaking of efficient quarterbacks, Andy Dalton has been sneaky efficient with the football, and he does get his full complement of receivers back this week for the first time in a while. We have got to be, especially with a banged-up secondary, have got to create chaos against a journeyman offensive line that's been cobbled together due to injuries for New Orleans. We cannot let Andy Dalton get comfortable because of how efficient he has been with the football. First of all, you say, and we can't let Andy Dalton get comfortable. It's just, it's a scary phrase. It really is. Uh, for a while, Dalton was really good, but he's on the downside of his career. Some could say the same thing for Tom Brady. And look what happened to uh, Carolina's defense last week. 
Carolina's defense has been one of the strongest points the entire year, except for there's been a couple games where you're like, oh, who's that on the field? Like last week when they got burnt uh, by Brady so much. Dalton's not Brady, but he's not that much worse than Brady. Efficiency. Uh, Yes, as far as that goes. So if you don't shore up what you did last week and uh, actually cover some receivers and put some pressure on the quarterback, we could see a repeat happen again. And the fact that the Saints, as you pointed out, are on a winning streak. It's not like they're coming in going – Three games and knocked off a well-rounded Philly team. They absolutely did. Um, Philly beat Philly. They beat Philly. They did. They did. They they beat Philly like they were the better team, and they're not the better team than Philly. And, yes, the only thing Philly didn't have was a starting quarterback. The rest of that team is really good. And New Orleans knocked them off. So this can't be, well, you know, the Panthers beat the Saints earlier in the year. This is a gimme. No, it's not. Not with the way the Saints are playing. And the defense has to step up and play like they played most of the season, just not like they played last week. It comes down to this, ladies and gentlemen. Gosh, Control-C, Control-V, copy-paste. you got to run the football in New Orleans. You have to do two things. With the football, you have to run at them. You want to do a couple of things. Number one, increase the time of possession. Do not let Andy Dalton have any time with the football because, again, he has been very efficient. Not explosive, not excellent, but efficient with the football. And I want to limit that, especially when he's got his full complement of wide receivers not named Michael Thomas back on the field around him. Second thing, chaos at the line of scrimmage. You don't have – I mean, you've got to be careful with Dalvin Kamara. Because we have seen Alvin Kamara in the past be a slip screen master, right? A guy that steps up, makes it look like he's going to chip block you, then just kind of runs out to the flats, takes a couple of linemen, and runs an excellent screen. He hasn't been that great at it this year, but you're in the wrong place at the wrong time and undisciplined. He can still do that. Dalton can still find him, but you've got to create chaos at the line of scrimmage. You don't need to give Andy Dalton any more time than you possibly have to to stand in the pocket, scan his reads, look left to right, and figure out where he wants to throw the football. Chaos on the defensive front seven is absolutely critical to making this happen. And on top of that, you got to cover up the banged-up secondary, right? Uh, we saw C.J. Henderson get absolutely roasted last week while Mike Evans. Well, I got news for you. Chris Olave can do everything Mike Evans can do out there, and Jarvis Landry back can do most of what uh, Mike Evans can do out there as well. If the Saints bring a scheme where they are going to try to set up our second-string cornerbacks with one-on-one on the outside, and we are not creating chaos, Andy Dalton's not as good as Brady, but he's efficient with where he throws the football, though. If we are not creating chaos at the line, Those wide receivers with an efficient Andy Dalton will eat us up on the outside just like Tampa did last week.